Some of you know that I've stepped into the school district at various times to be a substitute teacher. I do that just usually on a day off for grins and giggles and, and to connect with our community. So it's a lot of fun that way. Uh, but as a substitute teacher, you find a lot of things going on in the room. And uh, they're not always uh, things that the teacher would appreciate. Uh, a lot of cheating, let's just say. Uh, lots of that. Copying answers, airdropping homework <laughs> to each other, using their phone apps to share and swap photos. Um, and I usually, you know, go up in front of those people and start writing on the board, you know, little things about uh, doing your own work or don't bypass the learning process or... You know, um, this is this is what we would call cheating. I just kind of write it on the whiteboard next to next to where they are. Um, but you know, the the classic line is, uh, "Don't just give me the answer, show me your work." Right? How many times has a teacher has a teacher said that to you, or to those that um, you are proctoring, making sure that you know, show your work? Like, how did you how did you arrive at that answer? And it it strikes me that sometimes in the preaching process. Um, what I've been telling you is how uh, I've been showing you my answer, but I haven't shown you the work. And I've just been convicted that, but every once in a while, we should just kind of do this together. So let's, let's do the sermon together today. And let's start by just giving you a Bible study process. Um, it's going to be a convenient acronym for you, SOAPS, like multiple SOAP, S-O-A-P-S. <laughs> and I'm just going to go through this process with you. And what I would love for you to do is just to shout back at your um, at your uh, listening device or at the TV or or on your phone, whatever, whatever, wherever you're watching this or listening to this, just kind of shout back and uh, and give me some answers too, and then we'll work this out together. But the first um, part of soaps is S scripture, and so today we've already have our passage chosen, but we're gonna listen to it or read it twice. And then as that's going on, we're going to write down verses or phrases that stand out to us. Um, things that we want to remember. Write down things that you uh, want to understand better or you have questions about, right? So that's the process of just reading through Scripture. So I'm going to do that with you, okay? This is a practicum, <laughs> a sermon practicum. And uh, for you to be able to do a Bible study anywhere with anyone at any time using some of these very simple questions and a, a pretty simple procedure, but I, th I think you'll find it, it reveals a lot about scripture. And it's best done in community. In this case, it's me and uh, you're watching or listening. Um, normally, we would want to do that in the context of, of community with other people. But here's our passage today. I'm going to read it to you twice. Acts 16, verse 11 through 24. So setting sail from Troas, we made a direct voyage to Samothrace, and the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is the leading district of Macedonia, leading city, and a Roman colony. We remained in this city some days. And on the Sabbath, we went outside the gate to the riverside, where we supposed there was a place of prayer. And we sat down and spoke to the women who had come together. One who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Theatira, a seller of purple goods who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. And after she was baptized, and her household as well, she urged us, saying, 
If you've judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. As we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and us, crying out, These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And this she kept doing for many days. Paul, having become greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. But when her owners saw that their hope of gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. And when they had brought them to the magistrates, they said, These men are Jews, and they are disturbing our city. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in in attacking them, and the magistrates tore the garments off of them and gave orders to beat them with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. Hmm. So the first thing is you're, is you're just hearing the scripture, reading the scripture. What, what verses or phrases stand out to you? What do you need to highlight in your Bible right now? Things you want to remember or things like, wow, I have questions about that. I want to I want to know more about this thing, you know. Maybe you're interested in the map, you know. Hey, what, so what's this, what's, this, what's this journey about? And you could look it up. Maybe your Bible has a map. Certainly Google has maps. You could find all these different places. They've traveled from one place to another. They've, uh, they've had to stay over a day at, at one place, and then they went to this place called Philippi, and, and it's a place called Macedonia. You could, you know, you could learn that. Um, whereas Theotira and and what's that and you could just search for that maybe you know it's a it's in the province of Lydia <laughs> uh, and that's the, this woman's name apparently as well um, maybe you're curious about the place of prayer or fortune telling maybe that caught you or the most high God right you're just writing these things down because because that's really important to what stood out to you and what questions do you have um, I'm going to read it again so you can you can listen to to this again so setting sail from troas we made a direct voyage to samothrace and the following day to neapolis and from there to philippi which is a leading city of the district of macedonia and a roman colony we remained in this city some days and on the sabbath we went outside the gate to the riverside where we supposed there was a place of prayer and we sat down and spoke to the women who had gathered there, had come together. One who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Theatira, a seller of purple goods, who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. And after she was baptized, and her household as well, she urged us, saying, If you've judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. As we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and us, crying out, These men are servants of the Most High God, who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And this she kept doing for many days. 
Paul, having become greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. But when her owners saw that their hope of gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. And when they had brought them to the magistrates, they said, These men are Jews and they're disturbing our city. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or practice. And the crowd joined in in attacking them, and the magistrates tore garments off of them and gave orders to beat them with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they had thrown them into the prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. Okay, this is the scripture one, S, part of soaps, right? So if you're doing this with family, friends, co-workers, neighbors, it'd be a great practice to have someone retell it in their own words. And as they do, um, you'll see, oh, I think I missed that part, this missed that part. And graciously, later, you can just help fill in the gaps. Oh, yeah, there's this one part I, 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 I highlighted in my mind. And, and then as you start to do, you're really learning this passage. And so that's part of just the S in Scripture for soaps here. Um, number two is observation. So Scripture, observation. And I've got questions for you. So as you read and reread the passage, ask questions about the passage like these ones. Um, write down your thoughts or ideas or truths you're processing from the passage. Really, anybody can do this. You can do this with five-year-olds. You could do this in uh, a, a dinner table. Ask this question. No one has to be the teacher. Ask this question. What did you like about this passage? So you can tell me right now. <laughs> pause, you know, and tell me what you like about the passage. I, I'll just have to say I, I like that Lydia is in the right place at the right time. I like how the vision that Paul had in the passage just before this had sent him directly to her. Lydia was a worshiper of God. I like how it describes Paul being annoyed and then in the name of Jesus Christ commands the spirit to come out of this poor, abused slave girl, which I don't like that part. <laughs> I don't like that part. I like the part about the spirit coming out. So what did you like about the passage? Um, did anything concern you is the next question. Why, and why would it concern you? Did anything concern you? What do you like about the passage? What is it? Does anything concern you? Well, I'm immediately curious of why the demon would want to expose Paul and Silas and Luke, presumably here too, and as servants of the Most High God. Now, what does that name for God imply? A God that's most high above other gods. Also, it concerns me. I don't like how Paul and Silas were beaten with rods and imprisoned for freeing this poor slave girl from her spiritual captivity. I don't know. What concerns you about this passage? Something stand out or like, why would this be told or, you know? The next question would be, what does this passage teach us about God? Again, you know, feel free to interact with me and talk talk amongst yourselves. But for me, I'll just have to say, because this is the venue we're doing this in, you know, with a presentation. Um, what does this passage teach us about God? Well, for me, I see the Father is seeking worshipers. And the Father enjoys opening their hearts to receive truth about him. Right? Do you see that? Opening their hearts. Jesus, the Son, is that truth. And, and the only appropriate response is allegiance and baptism. Uh, the Spirit 
is directing the traffic and the travel plans through the vision of Paul to get them to that riverside prayer place. Because this woman would be there. God sees Lydia. Also, I think what it tells me about God is that there's just no contest for the authority of Jesus Christ. <laughs> no contest. There's no demons, no spiritual powers, no authorities who are any match for Jesus Christ. Another question, what does this passage teach us about people? Oh, man, well, Lydia, um, she's a merchant. She did good, hard work and then used her money for good as well. You see that? Like, hey, let's be, my house can be a place for the gospel. Um, I see that some people desire truth and some people want to pretend there's no truth. I think people, in this case, I see they need spiritual community, like the place to gather. Uh, people are in need of God to open their hearts, right? Are you tracking with this? And, and do you have some other things that you're learning about people? How about this one? This is what I got to, you know, follow the money. <laughs> uh, humans don't stray far from the basic instincts of self-preservation and self-promotion. It's all about that money. Hmm. So that's what it teaches about God, about people. Next question, what does this passage teach us about sin? Huh. Well, I see that it corrupts and destroys us and those around us. I'm looking at those the men who are leading around this slave girl, fortune-telling, making money off of her, abusing her, I'm sure, in all sorts of ways because she's a slave, and what a, which is awful and terrible. It corrupts and destroys those around us. Sin turns us inward to self and downward away from God. Sin is so deceptive that even the, the dark demonic powers are trying to get credibility, it seems, by mapping over the message of Jesus. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we know all about this. Yeah, we're in the know. Hmm. Uh, sin, also, I'm seeing that the world can use the language of salvation. Behold, salvation. And they can change the meaning and, and corrupt even that. So that's what I see. What, what do you see about sin? Um, another question, uh, and there's just a few more. Is there an example to follow? Does this passage give us an example to follow? I see that, that for Lydia, repentance, turning to her allegiance to Jesus, turning her face toward Jesus, following the message of Paul, led to um, repentance. So repentance led to baptism, which is the dying of the old self. So when we repent, we die to self and are baptized and our hearts turn outward and upward toward God, outward toward others and upward toward God. It, it reverses the, the chain, the, the, the sin, which is inward and downward. And now repentance turns us outward and upward. Love God, love others, right? Um, and another example to follow, if our hearts are the Lord's, God's opened Lydia's heart, then our homes are also the Lord's. That You see that too? Like, okay, so here it is. Uh, We'll have my home then. Let's let this be the center of, of prayer and worship and teaching. In fact, there's nothing given to me, 
nothing that God has given to me that can't be used for the kingdom. And, and it should be used. It's all, it's all there. So an example to follow. Um, this one, I, I didn't see one, so maybe you've got one. Is there a command to obey? I looked through the scripture multiple times. Is there any command to obey? I, I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, repent and be baptized, but that's probably what Lydia heard, but we didn't see it in the text exactly. So another question, is there an action to avoid? An action to avoid. Um, or an action to take? An action to take or avoid. Well, one would be to gather with others to pray. That seems there. And Jesus will meet with you because <laughs> he's directing the traffic. Um, another action to take would be to consider my assets, kingdom assets. Um, to avoid, you know, if I focus on financial gain, I'm going to miss the kingdom altogether. Like those men who, who they saw that their gain was over, they persecuted the way of the people who brought the way of salvation, the servants of the Most High God. You're going to miss the kingdom altogether if you focus on financial gain. Two more questions. Is there a promise to claim? A promise to claim. Well, it came from some odd, some, an odd voice from the demon, but the Most High God has indeed offered a way of salvation through King Jesus the Lord. Do you see any other promises in there? I, that was, that was the one that, that stood out to me. There's a way of salvation. And last question, uh, with whom should you share this truth? The truth that you're gathering, who's you supposed to share it with? Well, in my case, what am I doing? Well, I'm sharing it with you. Uh, but think about who else needs to hear. So soaps, remember, scripture, observation, and now we're going to A, application. Application. So as you're reading scripture, Think about what it means. Uh, what does it mean to obey these commands or concepts in your own life? Ask yourself this. How do I need to respond today in light of what I have just read? What do I need to do? Is there an area of my life which I need to do things differently? So write out your thoughts and specific applications on what you sense that you need to do because of God's word and his spirit. Right In this passage, you're asking God, open my hearts to what open our hearts to what you have to say so what is it two things that came up to me is like well self-preservation doesn't accomplish what it sounds like it doesn't actually preserve yourself i need to put my trust in jesus and another application point for me and and there's others for you right my financial goals need to be laid at the feet of king jesus at his throne not managed from my throne. My kingdom come, my will be done, my name be established, right? Application, S-O-A, <laughs> scripture, observation, application, and then P, pray. Pray, do this with a group, do it together. Stop and think about what you've just read and sensed from the passage. Take a few minutes and ask God's spirit to speak to you about any specific things you need to do in light of this passage. Write down anything you feel you need to do. Then write out a short prayer that tells God what you've read in his word. What you understand about obeying his commands. And what you plan to put into practice based on what you've learned today. That's true wisdom, right? Putting it into practice. Pray the prayer you wrote to God and ask for help to live for him today. 
Okay, here's my prayer. You can write down your own prayer as well. Father, I'm convicted of my perception of self-importance. My focus on me time and self-care and my defensive posture toward others is being exposed, and I thank you for that conviction. I needed that. Thank you for the blessing of repentance. I want to live this way, turned toward you and turned toward others. And Father, if that gets me thrown into prison and beaten for the sake of the announcement that Jesus is king, then can we meet in that prison cell? Father, would you be there to comfort me? Would you be there to encourage me and continue to give me boldness? Yes, <laughs> you will. You will never leave me. You will never forsake me. You are with me to the end of the age, all the way through. Then let's keep at it, Father. Because yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. My hands are open to you. My wallet is open to you. My house is open to you. That's my prayer. Amen. SOAP, scripture, observation, application, prayer, and then share. We miss this in Bible study, don't we? Share. <laughs> Multiple soap. Soaps. Share. Reflect prayerfully on who needs to hear the truths that God's revealed to you. Write down their name. Pray for them. Consider a time you could intentionally share what you're learning with them. Because remember this, God's word is not just for you, but for others also. Share with others what you've learned and tell them how you obeyed and applied the scripture to your life. That, that, can, that can bring a, a, a type of accountability too. And they can figure out ways to help you obey God's word more. And this is what you're going to find. You've, you know this. You know this. You'll start talking to someone that God has put on your heart to talk to about the thing that you've learned. And they say, God's been telling me the similar thing. Thanks for sharing that. Oh, go figure. God's in the process, right? They get, they'll be thrilled that you're being used by God. You'll be thrilled that you're being used by God to encourage people. This happens a lot. Um, a lot. So can I share with you? Four things, since, uh, since I've got the microphone, <laughs> can I share with you four things that came out of this for me? Um, four, four concepts. The curse of sin was a big concept here. Sin corrupts and destroys us and those around us, right? It turns us inward to self and downward away from God. And when I focus on self-preservation, self-promotion, self-indulgence, I miss the kingdom altogether. Okay, that's that's a big deal. You've heard this, you know that sin takes you further than you want to go, keeps you longer than you want to stay, and costs you far more than you wanted to pay. Sin has a curse. So that's, I just want you to think about that, the curse of sin. I also want you to think about the blessing of repentance. Lydia's heart opened, turned toward God. Her face, her direction has been changed. Her face is now set on God. Um, through as revealed in Jesus. She's baptized into his life. And so when we repent and die to our old self and are baptized, our hearts turn outward toward others and upward toward God. That's a blessing, right? That's a huge blessing. Do you pray for that? God, give me a blessing. God, I see sin sometimes as, as the ticket to enjoying myself and living it up. Please, God, give me the blessing of repentance. 
Maybe that's for you today. Maybe you needed to hear that. That's a prayer. That's a prayer for you. God, give me the blessing of repentance. And then the third thing. So the curse of sin, the blessing of repentance, but then repentance makes me a blessing. You saw that, right? With our hearts turned toward God and others, we look at what we've been given and we use it to bless the Lord and bless others. Lydia's home, her household, there's nothing he has given me that is not to be used for the kingdom of God. Everything that's been given to me is to be used for the kingdom. <laughs> Think with me about what you hold in your hands on a day-to-day basis. Okay, maybe it's your head. Oh God, <laughs> give him your head, right? But, but what else do you hold in your hands? Uh, you have keys, access, right? Access to open the doors, homes, workplaces, vehicles, storage lockers, tool sheds, all for the kingdom, right? You have relationships, and do you hold them tightly to yourself for yourself? Or with open hands, do you, do you bless them to pursue kingdom work? Yes, go, go do that thing. Serve Jesus. You have a wallet. <laughs> open it up. <laughs> Offer it to the king. He knows how to fill it up, right? After all, he, he can fill it back up. Mine's a little empty today. He can fill it back up. You have all sorts of assets property to be used for the kingdom. And like Lydia, you will find great joy. Would you do me the honor of allowing me to use my resources for the kingdom? Wow. All sorts of joy in turning outward and upward with your resources. When we pursue gain, we unsuccessfully make a claim to the throne. It never works. When we're on the throne, we miss the kingdom. On the inward turn, anything goes, and it leads us down and away from light and life. It's hell, personally, and our final destination as well. Mm. Repentance can make you a blessing. The Most High God has indeed offered a way of salvation through King Jesus the Lord. The rescue opens up the door of forgiveness through which we walk in and out, forgiving, forgiven, forgiving, forgiven. And this rescue can change the trajectory of our hearts. It makes us a blessing. And then the last thing, and this one was, was a real curious one as I started to take it away. Be careful whose recognition you receive. I'm thinking about a fortune-telling demon shouting, the way of salvation, the Most High God. These are the servants, right? Now, even Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, 26, Woe to you when all people speak well of you, for so their fathers did to the false prophets. Oh, you got a good press. You got good publicity. Is every is every publicity good publicity? This passage of the fortune-telling demon has me wondering about how the dark demonic power was trying to gain credibility, even as the message of salvation is being preached. Do you, do you sense that? Do you see that? I mean, this fortune-telling demon can tell you about everything. I'm the source of information. In fact, these guys, they're the source of the way of salvation. What a weird concept. But this demon is hitching a ride on the gospel announcement, claiming to be in the know and, and to become even a greater influence. Paul, greatly annoyed, <laughs> casts out this demon. I started this sermon about showing your work, right? Show your work and want to show my work. And I also want to finish with a sneak peek into Satan's work. He's crafty. 
He's scheming to take the church down, to take the people of God down. Paul would say this to the Corinthians later. He's talking about forgiveness in the, in the context of this church. And, but he says something I think we can grab onto. He says, uh, we did this thing in forgiveness so that we would not be outwitted by Satan, for we're not ignorant of his schemes. Oh, but how many of us are ignorant of his schemes to take us down? Hey, it's good press, good publicity, but is it? In fact, he's scheming against your family, against your soul taking the shape of Jesus. That's, that's what we're supposed to do. The spirit of Jesus in us. We're supposed to take the shape of Jesus. I've got some young sons, you know, young men that are growing up and bulking out, right? They're, they're working on maximizing their stature, capacity, strength, flexing, sculpting, all that, right? How many of you have tried that? I mean, okay, how many of you were successful? That's great too. But how many of you have tried it? And how many of you know there are so many schemes against that? The couch is calling me. My bed is calling me. That donut, not the box of donuts is calling me. <laughs> Satan is scheming against your soul as you know it's supposed to take the shape of Jesus. It's scheming against us as a church, growing to that point of, of being full and filling out the capacity and calling he has for us in Jesus. Here's, here's a couple of those schemes, and, and I just don't want you to be ignorant to these schemes. You may know this. The great heresy of the day is the message of self-denial. I don't, don't run with every feeling. Don't run with every pleasure. No, that, that's not going to You need to deny yourself. Heretics, right? How dare you tell someone, that they shouldn't just look inside and in and down and become who they... How dare us? The claim of our society, and I think backed by the Satan, is that we can have the benefits of the kingdom. Utopia. Without the king. <laughs> You're a king. You're a king. You get a throne. You get a throne. You get a throne. Satan and his schemes also have stolen our vocabulary and replaced our dictionary. Right? Stolen our vocabulary, replaced our dictionary. So now tolerance, that lovely, gracious word that, that doesn't condemn people and force them out of society, you know, let's live alongside each other, has come to mean, I'll overlook your sin if you overlook mine. Actually, let's just not even call it sin. Let's just be tolerant. Hmm. John, one of the Jesus apostles, declares that God is love. But we've heard now that love is God. And you can define that God however you see fit. They say joy comes with seeking your own satisfaction. But, but joy isn't the same thing as pleasure. And there really is no satisfaction in pleasure. And pleasure, while exhilarating for the moment, needs constant pleasure fuel or the flame dies out. A, a scheme. Don't let the redefinition of the language change your heart. Stay in the scriptures where the words find their meaning. Today, an odd type of sermon, but I've given you the tools. Read it together. Ask these questions. Prayerfully apply them and courageously share them. Remember, scripture, observation, application, prayer, share. In the face of the schemes of the devil at work in the world and in our own flesh, show your work. 
study, to show yourself approved before God. And as you read the scriptures, let the scriptures read you.